Coffee with Colby, episode five. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, a show about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path, preparing you for the challenges that crop up in the workplace, and balancing your career and your personal life. It's all the stuff you need to know that they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Now, there's an old saying that says, if you aren't screwing up, you aren't trying. It's true, and it's painful. The only way that we grow is by putting ourselves into a position where we could make a huge mistake, and in all likelihood, we probably will from time to time. Today, I want to share one of my top five facepalm moments of my career. These are the moments that I am least proud of. They are some of the biggest screw-ups that I've made, and they're particularly painful to relive because almost universally, they could have been avoided in one way or another. The story I'm going to share today absolutely could have been avoided if I had been thinking, but like Rafiki says in The Lion King, the past can hurt, but you can either choose to run from it or learn from it, and I've chosen to learn from it. Random sidebar, can I just say that one of the great hidden benefits of being a dad is that I can revel in all of the classic and new kid shows and movies and barely get a sideways glance from anyone? I mean, 34-year-old dude walking down the street jamming to Hakuna Matata gets plenty of eyebrows and sideways glances, but 35-year-old dad rocking out to the Trolls soundtrack at the gym? It's just a dad thing. Actually, I kind of wonder if that really is a dad thing or a mom thing or if it's just a 30s thing. Like, if you hit a certain age and you just don't care what people think anymore, like, if my daughter was not yet born, would I still be just as confident pounding out intervals on the treadmill to try everything from Zootopia? Or have my defenses just been worn down from my daily exposure to life with a preschooler and I just don't care what anyone thinks anymore? Anyway... (laughs) Sorry for that diversion. Learning from your past, it's important. Here's why. Back on topic. I've worked with a ton of managers in my time. Some were my supervisors, some were peers, some were part of a team, uh, some were just friends or colleagues at another company that were overseeing people on, on their team. Now, I don't have specific scientific data to support this, but anecdotally and based on stuff that I've read, there's a general consensus that making mistakes is perfectly okay. It's expected. It's how we learn. But what's not okay is repeating those mistakes over and over and over again. Of course, there are some boundaries here. If you're hired for a writing job, your boss expects that you'll understand basic grammar and sentence structure. You can't turn in your first project written in crayon. There are some baseline principles you are expected to know, but specific elements of a company, workflow, client nuances, sales structure, those things may take a few moments of pain to figure out before you sail onto success, and that's okay. In the story I'm about to tell you, technically I was learning a new process, so someone could try and justify that, but really, it was just a stupid, stupid decision on my part that used no common sense, and I'll be honest, I'm cringing really hard just repeating it here. So, here's the story. In my agency days, one of my clients was a global organization. Our team managed public relations and media outreach for the U.S., But we also set a strategy that the partner firms in other countries were expected to follow. So what we would do is we'd create the plan with our clients based in the U.S. Then we'd write up a brief for the international market teams outlining what the news was, the tactics was, the talking points, any potential challenges that we foresaw, anything like that, and send it out. 
I want to stress right up front that this process was never a case of the U.S. team just sending directives to international partners. There was constant dialogue between each region and the U.S. team about the unique needs of their area and any potential nuances that we should be aware of. For example, uh, we often heard about how in Latin American countries there was a heavier need for radio traffic, while as in European countries it wasn't uh, it wasn't really a, a primary concern to be on the radio. That kind of thing. We knew the needs of the team in Brazil would be different from the needs of the team in London. Would be different than the needs of a team in uh, in, in in New Delhi. Uh, we worked really hard to accommodate those. Then, once the briefs went out, there was opportunity to follow up if any of the international team members had questions or feedback. So there was this ongoing, proactive, productive discussion between all the different partners involved. So I'm on the job about three months, maybe four, and my boss has me write up one of these briefs for a news announcement. It's, I want you to picture like a three to four page document you know, kind of fill in the blank, basic questions. What's the business group? Who's the manager in charge? What's the announcement date? What's the target audience? What's a summary of the news in three to four sentences? What are the key talking points? What are the key anticipated questions? And so on and so on. This is very standard stuff for someone in PR. So pulling it together was not a big deal. We would try to send the briefs out as early as possible so our teams around the globe could be prepared. And so once we got this draft approved, we sent it out. This was weeks before the news went live. Now, around this time, we also received this directive that these briefs can't be changed once we send them out. So in my head, I hear you can add new information to the, to the, the directive, to the brief, but you can't change any of the other details that you've already written. I'm going to pause because at this moment, I should have realized that something about that rationale in my mind didn't make sense, but... For whatever reason, I I missed the pitch completely. I let it sail right by, and uh, I run into to this situation. About a week goes by. We have a meeting with the client, and they give us some updates on the news. My boss asks me to update the brief, which we had already sent out, and redistribute it, which I'm happy to do. So I work up the, the brief. I add in the new information without changing any of the existing data, thinking I'm doing the right thing, and send it over for her approval, thinking I'd done a great job, and I head home for the weekend. This was about midday on Friday, so I didn't like send it and then go home midday on a Friday. I sent it, and then I had some other stuff, and you know, whatever. But so that evening, I get a response from my boss, because this was one of those companies where people were working kind of all the time. You'd constantly be getting emails. So it wasn't anything strange to get an email from her at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday, but... The first thing I notice when I open the email is she has now added our boss. So her boss, one of the company VPs on the CC line. This is, this is not good. And as I'm reading the first line of her note, it's very clear to me right off the bat that she is not writing to compliment me on a job well done, wanting the VP to be aware of, of my contributions to the team. See, again, when I heard the feedback that we couldn't change any of the existing news on one of these briefs, I took that literally. For some stupid reason that to this day I can't explain to myself, I didn't think, what if the news or the facts of the announcement have changed after we send the initial draft? How do we update for that? I had left at least nine critical errors in the draft I had sent her. 
Uh, this was years ago, but I can still see the email on my phone from her with the bulleted list, and I can feel my stomach sinking as it dawns on me. Why did I not change this stuff? I'm talking about the manager in charge. So the, the primary point of contact had changed. The date of the news had changed. Several key facts of the news had changed. And I just left that as it was because I thought you can't change the brief. I was absolutely mortified. Not just because I had turned in something that was so inaccurate, but because I did so based on just such a stupid assumption that I could have clarified very easily in the process and avoided this whole headache. And what's worse was this was now being called out in front of the big boss. I mean, you cannot get more red-faced than that. Speaking as a manager, I can tell you that my boss had every right to be really annoyed with me and send me an annoyed email and copy the boss in like she did. Uh, For one, it looked like I wasn't paying attention to the client or to her direction. For two, it looked like I was rushing my work and sacrificing quality. And third, and perhaps worst of all, in some ways, it kind of looked like I was just pushing the work off onto her to do. Like, here, I took a pass, now you clean it up. Wasn't at all my intention, but that's how it came across. The story gets worse from here because I wish I could tell you that you will avoid doing something like this in your own career, but that's not going to happen. I have worked for, I think, eight major companies in my career, if I go all the way back to college, in one role or another, and I have had at least one major facepalm moment every single time. Things I think about at 2 o'clock in the morning today that happened 12 years ago that still I just think to my, why, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I write that email? Why did I, what was wrong with me? Something small that I should have known, but for one reason or another, I just wasn't paying attention and I wound up embarrassing myself in front of at least one person who was very important in my career. But the good news is, and I always have good news on this podcast, the good news is you can recover from this type of thing. When I was early in my career, I would obsess over these types of screw-ups and just fall all over myself apologizing. I felt like if I, if I did enough penance, then that would let them know that I would never do it again. But there's a more powerful way to fix the situation, and I've learned that it is quite simply to fix the situation. Show your boss how you can clean up the mess you've made and show them how you will learn from this moving forward and then actually do it. In my case, because I'm an obsessive nerd... I open my laptop right then, so 7, 8 o'clock on a Friday night, and start rewriting the brief, cleaning up every mistake. What I would figure out later is that when the team that managed the distributions of these briefs and said we couldn't change the news, they meant that you couldn't update a release and send it out with no note as to what those changes were. So for example, if you added text, you had to put that in in red. If you deleted something, you had to physically cross it out so people could compare, here's the old version of the brief, here's the new version of the brief, here's what's new. Makes a whole lot more sense than what my moron brain came up with that day, but I digress. So that night, Friday evening, go through and immediately update the entire brief. I type in all the stuff in red just like I'm supposed to. I cross everything out the way that I'm supposed to. And then check it, recheck it six or seven times looking for anything that I can clean up and refresh. And then I send a note to my boss, CC the VP, with a sincere apology. I explain my thinking and that I wasn't wasn't an attempt on my part to skip out any work. I wasn't trying to push anything on onto her. I just didn't think through the feedback of how to convey the new news. I realized I probably look like a complete moron and it's never going to happen again. 
I hit send around 11 o'clock and tried to relax with the new draft attached, letting her know that I'd be happy to talk it over with her on Monday. You guys know that I like a happy ending, and I'm happy to say that's what we have here. My boss replied about a half hour later, shocked that I had spent my Friday evening fixing things, grateful for my dedication. She understood the confusion. She was grateful that I'd be more aware next time and basically considered the matter closed, which is pretty much as good as you can get here. I wanted to take it a step further, though, and make sure that I demonstrated to her that I had learned from this experience and I was, I was taking the feedback and I was incorporating into my next, my next, uh, round of workflow. So I made a point for about six or eight months after that, every time we had a news announcement, I would ask for the ability to tackle that international brief. Um, and the first time that I I wrote, uh, another one. So the, the next one that came up, I actually reached out to a member of that brief distribution team to make sure that I was walking through the steps correctly, triple checking every line with them before it was sent around for internal review to make absolutely sure I wasn't missing anything. Uh, Further good news in in all of this, I never got a nasty gram like that again uh, from this particular supervisor and in, in a short while she was back to singing my praises, which is wonderful. But the key takeaway here that I want everyone to walk away with is you will screw up and you can recover. It's all in how you respond. The key steps to remember here are first, figure out what went wrong. In my case, I didn't update the brief properly. It could be that you uh, miscalculated something on a report. It could be that you were working off of an old timeline and and weren't aware of a new uh, updated due date for something. It could be anything. Uh, The second step here is to take ownership of your mistake and lay out a plan to fix it. In my case, I didn't try and point the finger at anyone else. I didn't say, oh, it's it's the brief distribution team's fault because they gave me faulty uh, information. I owned my portion of the screw up and my responsibility to make it, uh, make it better. Um, I screwed up. It was on me. The buck stops here, by the way, managers love that. Um, you don't want to always be the one falling on the sword, but when it comes to personal responsibility, managers love someone who can stand up and say, and own, you know what? I screwed up. It was my fault. And I'm, this is how I'm going to make it better. The third step, and perhaps the most important out of all of these, is fix it. Put your plan into action, whatever it may be. In my case, that was editing the brief right away. Let's say you forgot to write a report that was due on the first of the month. Can you work with your colleague on an extension? Can you get into work early the next day and put it together so you know it's only you know 12 hours late? What can you do right here and now to help fix the problem? The fourth step is to put a system in place to be sure that you will not repeat the mistake a second time. Again, as a manager, I can almost let any screw up go by one time. What I can't stand and what pretty much all of the colleagues I've spoken to about this can't stand is when you're repeating the same mistake over and over and over. We hate giving feedback over and over and over again, uh, especially stuff that can and should be easily addressed. If there's something that's really complex and it's taking a little bit of time to figure out, okay, fine. But you know, something like this, you screw it up once and then you got to know it moving forward. If you aren't sure how to avoid it, or you aren't sure how to make sure that you don't make that mistake again, talk to your manager proactively or a colleague about what you can do next time. Explain the situation and say, here's what happened. What can I do? I can't see how I can avoid making this mistake again, but I really want to. What can I do? What should I do differently next time? 
Fifth step, proactively demonstrate your learning. In my case, this was tackling each brief that was coming up uh, in, in the immediate future by myself so that I could show I had learned the process. Now, you don't want to constantly be reminding your boss that you screwed up like, hey boss, remember how I deleted our entire end of year report the last time we did this? Look, I didn't do it this time. But you do want to find a way to show them Now, tell them, show them that you've learned from your mistake. So try to find some way that you can proactively demonstrate that you've taken that feedback to heart. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's the only way you're going to grow, but only make those mistakes once or you really run the risk of holding yourself back. Now, all of that is well and good for mistakes that you can correct fairly easily. But what about those times you screw something up And there isn't an obvious way to make it right, right away. Or you don't have a chance to demonstrate that you learned from it right away. In our next episode, I'm going to share another one of my personal face palms that was not so easy to clean up. And and this one, I think this might be the biggest mistake I ever, the single biggest mistake I ever made in my career. I think it's, if if it's not, if it's not number one, it's definitely top two. Uh, but the good news is I eventually worked through it. So we'll talk about that next time. In the meantime, that's it for episode five, episode six will be coming at you before you know it. So if you have thoughts on the show, would love for you to hit me up on Twitter as always at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. Um, also if you're enjoying the podcast, I would really love if you would go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. Uh, that way uh, we, we can help uh, spread the word about this to, to other people, get the word out, uh, and hopefully uh, get this information in front of more people. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.